all, guys, gals, and non-binary pals. Welcome to the newest episode of the Noobs and Knockouts podcast, taped on Twitch and brought to you on YouTube, on Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. And it's our Christmas episode. I'm Austin. I'm a knockout. Watch a lot of wrestling. I'm David. I'm a noob. Haven't watched nearly as much wrestling. And I am your resident holly jolly motherfucker here to bring mm. you some goddamn Christmas cheer. That's basically, that's basically what his Twitter handle is. Yeah. Holly jolly closeted let's fucking go i this is my time of year my powers are at their strongest we're having a great time i i'm fully decked out darth vader ugly sweater santa hat bada bing bada boom i got um, the red i got a red shirt on it's fine yeah and close, close enough you look look you got those young santa vibes it's fine okay sure anyway, anyway i i uh, also i also our- noticed that once again our void uh that that we get trapped in once a week is a little less lonely um yeah as it's continuing our christmas tradition from last year we have a guest as well we have one of david's roommates robbie yeah we got we got the one and only robbie vance here uh i am a recent uh addition to the wrestling fan base as of Mm -hmm. a couple months ago i've converted I have it's converted all, all my part of, all, <laughs> part of, all part of my evil plan, really. Yeah. <laughs> it was a systemic effort on your part. You were it like, is. You, you've, you've been playing the long game of by like message spamming me on Messenger mm-hmm. about wrestling shit. You're like, one day I'm going to spread my tendrils outward. <laughs> yep. Uh, you worked faster <laughs> than me, though. I'm impressed. What? You worked faster than me. I'm impressed. Oh no! Well, because the, these guys are down for fucking anything, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're. I. I. It's. It, it's. I. I could just throw on whatever, and they're like, "Oh, okay, yeah, fair okay." Uh, well, so what are we gonna watch today? Is again the Christmas episode. Again, uh, as I've mentioned before on this podcast, is that wrestling never stops. Is a fifty-two a week, a uh, mm. year show. Like they constantly air new episodes, even during holidays. So there's plenty of Christmas episodes to do in wrestling. And today we are watching the December 24th, 2001 episode of Monday Night Raw. Yeah, baby. Back before they were three hour Raws. Let's go. Yes, that's much better than last year's for that. Much better. <laughs> I was I was listening back to last year's episode. And I, I loved how like immediately apologetic I was to Claire of like of like, yeah, this shit runs long. Sorry, fam. Yeah. <laughs> this this is this runs a smooth 90 minutes mm. after ads are gone. Love to see it. Nice. Yes. Get on time for rampage. Yep. So um storyline wise this is kind of weird because i don't think any of the storylines really matter that much but i still but i feel like to understand what they're doing of this episode you kind of need some broader context for what wwe is like right now which is an excuse to talk about the invasion yes so in 2001 wwe had purchased uh within a week of each other really their two biggest competitors world championship wrestling and extreme championship wrestling their monopoly over north american wrestling was complete finally not even wrong (laughs) the good guys truly got a win on that day oh yeah i i i love nothing more than letting Vince McMahon have have control over an entire niche media empire. Mm-hmm. So 
and the immediate aftermath of the WCW purchase, now they got all these wrestlers that were on like their biggest rival. And they're, and obviously the big money-making idea is what if they had a crossover angle? What if you finally did the WWE versus WCW stuff that, you know, could never have been possible when both companies were aligned? Yeah, no, WWF is was like, was like, hmm, we know we quashed, like, one of the edgiest parts of the NWO, but what if we just, like, did that ourselves now that we own you? And it's definitely going to be as good, right? Okay, we, that means we definitely have to talk about the WWE incarnation of the NWO at some point, but oh, that's no. for a later oh, day. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to. Right. So, and in April 2001, right after they bought the company, they began the invasion angle. Uh, to put it bluntly, it wasn't great. It, ha- it was a bit of a critical failure, and viewership tanked. D- to be fair, viewership might have tanked regardless, but that's a whole other story. Boy. I will talk about what went wrong with the invasion angle, at least in two respects that are important for today, is... Number one is when WCW got bought out, remember WCW was owned by AOL Time Warner. And so the big name wrestlers in the company had these big fat contracts with AOL Time Warner. Now, WWE could have bought out the contracts to all of those wrestlers, (laughs) but that would be expensive. And right, and at this point in time, Vince McMahon is also trying to fund a football league. So we're not gonna do I that. I forgot about that. Wait, you X- knew about XF- that? Yeah. XFL. Wait, what the fuck? Yeah, the XFL. Wait, what the also- fuck? Yeah, wait, the XFL. Wait, yeah. wait, wait, Austin, is this the thing you've talked about before? I've probably casually mentioned the XFL. Yes, because because they because because Vince McMahon lost a shitload of money off of it. Yeah, they just retried to do that a couple years ago they tried it last year and then COVID happened and it fucking yeah <laughs> good fucking and now good. and now the rock owns it so we're probably going to get a 3.0 what the, the fuck? rock why okay that's a whole other thing yeah but wait, basically- wait, 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 wait. I, I do have one question about the contract does that include like the the scott hall kevin nash contracts I'm gonna talk about who's under contract that did that did the WWE oh. didn't pay for, but just but yes, is right now is so again these but these were very expensive contracts and the wrestlers didn't really want to get back to work because then they get paid a fuckload of money to do nothing and sit at home so they're cool with that. Mm-hmm. So here is a name a brief list of some names that are not part of the WCW invasion angle: Hulk Hogan, Scott mm-hmm. Hall. Kevin Nash, Ric Flair, Goldberg, Sting, Scott Steiner. Sting? No. Yes. The only people, all of the biggest names in WCW weren't there, except for Booker T and Diamond Dallas Page. They both felt that their their stock would drop if they just, like, they both wanted to come in and get started immediately and kind of start getting back. They thought they had momentum and they could get, get featured on tv they wanted to keep working much respect to them they weren't treat ddp was treated terribly he was he was turned into a stalker of the undertaker's wife and the undertaker kicked his ass and then the undertaker's wife kicked his ass (laughs) (laughs) that went great that's a hey at least at least booker t got treated 
Uh, he was treated okay. Yeah. He, he was treated all right. Pleasantly surprised at that, but sure. But yeah, other than those two wrestlers, we're kind of a bit of the middle of the barrel and the bottom of the barrel of WCW were all we had. Wait, wait. Also, tengo pregunta. Uh, yeah. Um maybe I'm getting ahead of where you're of 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 notes you're going to give during this front half. Isn't doesn't the invasion angle climax with Ric Flair? It he Ric Flair comes literally the night after the invasion angle ends. Okay, sure. Great. So then what they do is to kind of kind of uh fix the issue, they start bringing in ECW guys. You know, mm-hmm. Rob Van Dam, the Dudley Boys. I'll probably talk more about them. Hey. Taz, hey. Team Taz. Wait, Team Taz? Taz was in ECW. He was a big ECW guy, so he was brought into the storyline to be part of it. Oh shit. Okay. I love yeah. seeing I love seeing like guys I follow in contemporary days like pop up yeah. randomly and old shit. And so they did the WCW and ECW combined to become the Alliance, and they're wow. gonna destroy the WWF. And when that didn't work, then we also had defections. The biggest name defection, we had WWF wrestlers jump ship to join the Alliance for reasons I don't know. Because all of a lot of them, the ones who jumped were all wrestlers who, by their own admission, had a terrible time working at WCW. But, you know, I guess fuck Vince McMahon, I guess. I don't know. Maybe Vince McMahon was just worse. You know what? That's <laughs> that's not even entirely impossible. Right. And the biggest name defector was Stone Cold Steve Austin joining the du- fighting joining the alliance to fight Vince McMahon. Okay, well Again. Actually, that, yeah. that, that tracks. Yeah, that checked out. It does. Um, but the comes a problem is I'm gonna pull up Survivor Series 2001. Oh. That was the pay-per-view where they had the match to determine uh, which company stays and which company goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, winner, and I'm going to tell you the uh, teams and I'm going to tell you what company they worked for when this whole storyline started and see if you can picture or figure out the problem here. Okay. The team WWF was The Rock, Chris Jericho, The Undertaker, Kane, and The Big Show. They were all in the WWF when this started. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Versus The Alliance, Stone Cold Steve Austin from the WWF. Kurt Angle from the WWF, Rob Van Dam from ECW, Booker T from WCW, and Shane McMahon from the WWF. Ah, ah, I, I see, I see the wait, issue. Wait, what the fuck is Shane doing with the Alliance? That is a good transition to another problem. Oh no. <laughs> Despite the fact that Paul Heyman was working as a commentator, the owner of ECW, Paul Heyman, was working as a commentator for the WWF during this time, and within a year, Eric Bischoff, the general, the president of WCW, would become an on-screen authority figure for the WWE. Me and Vin, me and David covered this last time. Mm-hmm. Um, they weren't involved in this invasion storyline. Instead, they made Shane McMahon the the storyline owner of WCW. And Stephanie McMahon, the storyline owner of ECW. Why? Why do we keep doing weird shit with the owners' kids in this in this time period? Listen, because Vince, because the McMahons had to put themselves on TV because they're the big stars, and we got to do the McMahon family drama. 
And that's ultimately what this became. It became the WCW oh, versus yeah. WWF just became more McMahon family soap opera. So it became a, a telenovela, basically. And not a good one either. Yeah, I <laughs> know. Wow, it's almost like Vince's career aspirations outside of being like a wrestling owner. And he takes every fucking opportunity he can to shoehorn in those career aspirations in a really desperate bid it's, to like yeah. seem multidimensional or something. Yeah, it's it was bad. Mm. So the WWF won. Hoorah. The alliance was all fired in storyline. That comes up in a few of the <laughs> bits I'll talk about. Everyone was storyline fired except the people who were champions and uh one wrestler, Test, who is just a big beefy dude. Oh that he won motherfucker. He won a battle royal so that he got immunity. He couldn't be fired. But everyone else in the alliance was kayfabe fired, and they were just and the ones WWF liked, they brought back in. But to move into the night after to get to the Ric Flair part. The night after the the um the Survivor Series pay-per-view, Vince McMahon was on his most gloaty feeling. He just spent the whole night just cutting promos and gloating about how he finally wins. <laughs> yes. He, he boots Shane and Stephanie out of the sh- off the show. They're gone. Get out. He has won and then out comes Ric Flair, who reveals, and I can't believe this only this had had no buildup. They just kind of did this for because you listen to the promo, it sounds like there was a buildup. But there wait, was, yeah, I've heard this promo before, and I no, like there's a, not. What the? A, there's no mention of anything that Ric Flair talks about before. But <laughs> Ric Flair comes out, and he's like, Shane and Stephanie sold their shares of WCW and w, to, of the WWF to me to the to a consortium, and the consortium. What's me? me? Yeah. So are you we're partners? And so now, right now in storyline, Vince McMahon and Ric Flair are co-owners of the WWF. The consortium was me. Okay. I, I really, I, I sometimes like when I engage in memes about like shitting on people, I, I always worry, there's a small part of me that worries, like, is this reductive? Am I being, like, reductive right now? Is this, is this like, unfair? And one of those memes I like to engage in is the Vince doesn't like to do actual thought-out storylines. He just likes to create moments. And sometimes I'm like, no, that's not yeah, is that harsh? But then I hear things like the consortium shit. And if you watch <laughs> it on its own, it's like, oh, okay, so there must have been talk, like, leading yeah, up to this, this about, like, this big about chaos talking about this, this mystery consortium. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, the mystery consortium. Shane and Stephanie showed their shares. Who's the consortium? But no, it's just Ric Flair popping out to be like, the consortium wasn't me. What? Out of nowhere. Why? Every time. I, w- I want to have more nuanced takes on this, but every time we talk WWF, the take is just, Vince McMahon is a fucking moron. Every time. Yeah. I was disappointed as well. I was hoping there would be this like at least show long storyline of like talking about the consortium. Yeah. Nah, too busy making people kiss his ass, I guess. Uh, I I, I will have to talk about that. But anyway, right now they're WWE Vince and Rick are co-owners and it's going about as well as you think it is. Vince McMahon is favoring all the heels. Ric Flair is trying to s- favor all the baby faces. They're constantly fighting. Nobody wait, likes them. Wait, wait, Ric Flair's the relative face here? He is the baby face here. 
Oh my oh, fucking wow. god. Yep. Yep. So and the the theme of this episode is that they have as they are gonna they each are hosting their own Christmas party. And the roster is split between the two Christmas parties. <laughs> I will say, you're you are very good at picking like special episodes that just are completely off the fucking rails. Oh last, yeah, I was last year I, with, with Santa getting run over by Alberto Del Rio's sports car. That was magical. This year but, with the roaring Chris. Oh, I'm so I'm yeah, excited. I'm very excited to see that in action. But yes, that is the that is the big overarching plot. I'll talk about some of the big the big champions and storylines then. Uh, right now, the undisputed champion, because basically coming out of the invasion storyline, you had the WCW champion who was The Rock, and the WWF champion who was Stone Cold Steve Austin. And while we we need only one champion, let's decide that. So they run a four a three match tournament on pay per view, and the winner. The new undisputed champion, Chris Jericho. Where what? did he come from? He was part of the tournament along with him and Kurt Angle. I got more to say about both of them. But hey. Jericho, with some help from Vince McMahon, who's trying to screw over Steve Austin. Classic. Uh, he beats The Rock and he beats Stone Cold Steve Austin on the same night to win the become the world champion. Fair enough. Fair. I mean, Fair I mean, enough. when when you add Kurt Angle to the mix, your chances of winning drastic go down. <laughs> so yeah, and Jericho, he is just an egomaniac. He hasn't formed Fozzie yet, so we're not making jokes about that. Wait, he's Fozzie was ninety nine. No, that was two thousand two. Okay. Yeah. And he's at odds with Ric Flair because he thinks Ric Flair doesn't give him enough respect. Okay, fair enough. Okay. Yeah. And he is currently kind of feuding along with The Rock, who is The Rock. Yeah. Like, it feels it feels kind of dismissive to say, but also if you've seen any Rock movie in the last 15 years, 10 years so, then you know what you're going to get. The Rock just mostly mm-hmm. plays himself in movies at this point. So, yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> The not- Rock. That's not, that's not wrong. I, I will say there is something that kind of surprises and delights me that like John Cena has a little more acting mm-hmm. range than Dwayne Johnson that does. Is, like, is like not by much, mind you. And I think, and I think, and I think, like I think, well, the, himbos, mm-hmm. but I like, mean, I do think the rock has some acting range. He just you know, he doesn't does. use it. He just doesn't, but like, but like Cena takes like some, variety of roles uh to to an extent mm. you know again yeah. not not perfect but like it, it does feel a little bit more fleshed out than the rock mm-hmm. but yeah i don't i don't think i have to explain to you what the rock is like in 2001 you probably whatever whatever preconceptions you have is probably it i mean i smell what he's cooking so mm-hmm. i think i think that's all mm-hmm. that's about all i need yeah and Fun then fact, you got- actually he's cooking risotto this is true mm-hmm. many people are saying this uh, we're also Kurt Angle is still in the mix for this world championship, and Kurt Angle he is an Olympic gold medalist, legit. He won in the 1996 Olympics, and he transitioned into professional wrestling. And his character is that he's a giant doofus. 
I mean, he's still an ass, still a giant asshole, but he's also a doofus. I, again, you, you were telling me about this on Messenger. I love that he was able to kind of swallow his pride for that, no pun intended, angle. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I feel, in some ways, I feel bad that thanks to the internet, Kurt Angle's entire legacy is just being name dropped in the in the big pop up math lecture. But but like, damn, I am excited to see him be just as goofy as his meme reputation suggests. Yeah, and he's great at it. He's also right now one of the me- several wrestlers who are like sucking up hard to Vince McMahon. As you do. Oh. Yeah. Uh, so that's going on. And then the other kind of equation is what's Stone Cold Steve Austin doing? He's kind of moved away from the title picture a little bit to get some personal revenge on the people who have cost him his world championship, mm-hmm. namely Booker T. Booker yeah. T was fired as part of the Alliance storyline, but Vince McMahon brought him back to be his personal goon. <laughs> And so he's been screwing with Steve Austin and Steve Austin is determined to kill him. Jesus. Also, wait, heel Booker. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess we've seen heel Booker before Mm -hmm. technically. Yes. But like, he's like trying to be an asshole, but yes, he is. He is. He cost Steve Austin his championship. He stole Steve Austin's truck. Oh, not his truck. Never touch another man's truck. Wait, wait, Austin. I have a important question for you does Mm -hmm. does stone cold's truck have a confederate flag on it no but it does it has it has his giant skull logo though oh well look as long as as he's he's not that he's not that kind of redneck son (laughs) no i mean this is this is true i mean this is a man who i still am not over the this but like got on his podcast once to rant about basically how based gay marriage was and i'm like yeah Okay. Stone Cold. Stone Cold's very progressive redneck. I'll give me a hell yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that. All right. A whole lot. But so that's Booker did that, did that. And then Stone Cold chased Booker T down to a supermarket and beat his ass. It was hilarious. And oh, then yeah, he chased and then Booker T tried to hide in a church and Stone Cold showed up and kicked his ass. Of course. Of course. <laughs> you got it. This, this sounds like a proto R Truth sort of situation. How so? Like the goofy, the goofy segments of this. Well, this sounds this sounds almost like the R Truth, like twenty four seven belt thing of like the goofy segments mm-hmm. of like hiding out somewhere, trying to hide from the wrestlers, mm-hmm. trying to kick your ass, only to have it fail miserably and still get your ass kicked anyway. WWE used to lean a lot more into on location kind of skits. That's fair. I will say the 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 R True stuff took place completely like backstage rather than like at actual mm-hmm. places. But I sure, like this. sure yes. So Booker T is trying to not die at the hands of Stone Cold Steve Austin. He's only somewhat succeeding at this. <laughs> uh, and then so that's what's going on there. And then the Intercontinental Championship is Ed- Intercontinental Champion is Edge. Uh, he is current. He's basically just like a cool dude that the young people like. I can't really give him a better description. Do they? I mean, I guess. But he's currently getting into a lot of fights with William Regal, which is a good excuse to talk about William Regal and the Kiss My Ass Club. God fucking damn it! Okay. So after okay. after the night after uh, the Survivor Series, Vince McMahon to uh, said that to save some people's jobs. 
He is going to make them kiss his ass. And he meant that literally. He brought out William Regal, and he had William Regal get on his knees, and then Vince McMahon unbuckled his pants, pulled them down so his bare ass was showing on national live television, and then made William Regal kiss him on the ass. Perfection. Yeah. Art. Art. Never let anyone say that wrestling is not art. <laughs> and if they do, you just got to show them that. Throw all of the like... With no context. Just show them that throw, clip. No, throw all of the deep analysis I've done of like Lucha Underground or like the, the Women's Revolution or any of that sort of shit out the window. And it's just Vince McMahon's bare ass being smooched by whatever poor worker he feels like humiliating this week. Yep. That's the true art to pro wrestling. In the last in the last few weeks in storyline, he repeated the bit with Jim Ross, the as who is the lead yeah. announcer in WWF at the time. Fuck that. Yeah. Fuck all of that. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Don't you dare disrespect my boy like that. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's a uh, common same, thing. Uh, Jim Ross from AEW now. Yep, he's been he's been in the game forever. Yeah. So, and then he tried to do the bit again with Trish Stratus, who is the current women's champion. But The Rock said, "Nope, mm. we're not doing this. Nope, we're not doing this." Oh, thank God. Thank you. Yeah. So. Oh, oh, fans, you. I, I probably told you about this before, and 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 oh. To as a bit of a throwback to uh, last Christmas special, uh, I will just say very simply that up until about eh, seven years ago, the WWF slash E has had a rather fraught history with uh, with portraying women. women yes, I'm, and don't I'm worry, that's on right. display that's here right. tonight. Oh god, that will be on display. We got to no. do the sexy Christmas match. I'm afraid. No, another one. What? Yes. God bless it. Anyway, back to the ass club thing. It kind it eventually uh, a few storyline beats later. I don't think they're important now. Eventually, it was a situation where Vince was stipulated to kiss The Rock's ass, <laughs> and The Rock decided, "I don't like that." Actually, instead, you can kiss Rikishi's ass. Uh, Rikishi mm-hmm. being a big fat Samoan guy with a big fat ass. And so th- the rock shoved Vince McMahon's face up Rikishi's ass. And then after that, Vince is like, you know what? I'm canceling the kiss my ass club. We're not doing that anymore. Wait, is this what led to that one clip of his like face being shoved into stone cold's ass? I don't think it was Stone Cold, but there have been multiple bits where Vince McMahon gets his face shoved in somebody's ass. I guess. thought of, I thought of, I, I just remember from the John Oliver segment him showing a clip like that. I thought. Oh no, that, that I think I'm pretty sure that was the Big Show's ass actually. Oh, mm. oh yeah, okay, yeah. Does this lead to does this lead indirectly to Vince's face getting shoved in the Big Show's ass? No, that takes place in like 2006. Oh shit. Okay. Anyway. So the Kiss My Ass Club is done. However, people keep making fun of William Regal for literally for kissing Vince's ass. And he has caused him to become more aggressive and angry and mad. And it's kind of sweet, but also all poor guy. Just Sorry. trying to protect his job. And now everyone makes fun of him. Oh, 
Ah, uh, indeed. Uh, the European champion is Christian. Christian Cage uh, for the AEW people here who know to know who that is. And right now he is kind of hanging around as he's a European champion who acts like he like knows a lot about Europe, but he really is kind of bullshitting it. Uh, best described in a conversation that was had by Rob Van Dam, who's a stoner. And that's why this, his answer to this makes sense is he asked in an interview, Rob Van Dam's like, yo, put your, put your European championship on the line against me. And Christian answers like, oh yeah, you, you can't be the European champion. What's the capital of Belgium? And Rob Van Dam answers, Waffles. Of course he does. Of course he does. <laughs> of course. And then Christian goes, that's not, that's not the capital of Belgium, you moron. And then Rob Van Dam's like, well, what is the capital of Belgium? And then Christian, he pauses and he's, he's I'm not going to tell you the answer to that. <laughs> I feel like this is the, this is like the opposite of the, the U.S. champion trope where the non-American gets it and they mm -hmm. built heat off of shitting all over America and being dumb. Uh, uh, being I do see that. America. And like, but instead this is like, they get the European championship, but they don't know jack shit about Europe. But also I feel like this is played for like charming baby face points rather than. No, heel. he's a heel. Christian's a heel. Oh, okay. Well, that's a nice he's little surprise. For being obnoxious. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the Undertaker is the hardcore champion. Nice. The hardcore championship wow. being what you think it is. Every no rules. And the Undertaker, I bring him up just to put to say he is currently, despite his name, not being he's this is not his goth dead boy phase. This is motors, this is motorcycle redneck Undertaker. Right oh now. yeah. He had a he had a motorcycle redneck yeah, I phase. Knew that. Okay, I forgot about mm -hmm. that. I knew that. Uh I always yeah. forget about that because I'd rather not think about it. Yeah, I don't love it either. And so he's just kind of doing his thing, kicking people's asses. As you do. As you do. Uh, as he the does, yeah. yeah. The tag team champions are the Dudley boys from ECW. They're the tag champs. I, I told David this backstory, but for the benefit of Robbie, the Dudley boys are, are basically two dudes. And ECW, their gimmick was, is that their dad, D Daddy Dudley, was a traveling salesman who had sex with lots of women. And so they're all half brothers. It's a whole big clan of them. And the Dudley boys, that's their thing. And also they like putting people through tables. Let's go daddy Dudley. <laughs> uh, I, I, I still am having trouble wrapping my head around the fact that they went with actually an angle like that. Like it's so deeply corny. That's like, uh, even I thought that might be like, too much but no it, there's it's, it's a classic never goes out of style no oh, always works does it <laughs> no i think it's i think it's a real evergreen kind of storyline well, you know i'll trust your judgment you two tend to have your finger a lot better on the the pulse of society than i that i do <laughs> yeah uh the women's champion is tristratus mentioned her earlier her whole storyline right now has been avoiding kissing vince's ass so no. not really right. anything worth mentioning there Alan. Valid objective. Yeah. 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 It's a it's a solid character goal, I think. Uh so and then just two more non-wrestling storylines is uh non-championship storylines, I should say. Is that right now we're having the dissolution of the Hardy Boys. Uh David just mentioned to me this week that he didn't realize that Matt and Jeff were two different Hardy wrestlers, <laughs> but they are. It is Matt Hardy and Jeff Hardy, their brothers, they're a tag team. Look, or they, they were. Both, they both got four syllable, four four word, one syllable, 
four letter once letter and and i don't i i haven't paid too much attention to either of them so it got a little confusing okay get off yep anyway they're they're a tag team they're doing great and they started losing then they started fighting within each other some sad stuff and then lita who is their who is their uh valet and is a wrestler herself as well she was also Matt's girlfriend, both in storyline and in real life until about 06. That's a whole other story. But she was, because she refused to kind of take a side in this issue, Matt was like, what the hell? Why are you not on my side? You're dating me. Mm-hmm. So that also caused the dissolution in that personal relationship. And now none of them are happy. It's great. However, to be fair, last <laughs> on the last episode of Raw, The Undertaker beat the ever-living shit out of both Jeff and Lita. Uh, as a reminder, intergender violence is very much a, th- a thing that can happen at this point in time. Yeah. As long as the women aren't allowed to fight back. Hmm. But after that happened, Matt, we get a scene of Matt being seeming to like actually be concerned for the health of his brother and ex-girlfriend. So you know what? Maybe there's hope. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Maybe the magic of Christmas should, uh, can restore. Should have stuck to solving mysteries with Nancy Drew. <laughs> oh my fucking god. <laughs> God, you know, I think about that sometimes when I hear that tag team name, but I don't. I hurt the first thing I thought of. God, yeah, oh, they can't help it. That's their names. <laughs> <laughs> they did that on purpose. Yeah, and then uh, another storyline that's happened is Lance Storm. Um, he's a wrestler from WCW. Uh, he got fired as part of the invasion storyline, and he has been fighting tooth and nail to get Ric Flair to let him have a job. And Ric Flair finds him annoying. So he kept putting him in matches to let him fight to win uh, his job, but he keeps losing because they're hard matches. And eventually though, he did get his job because he beat the rock by count out because of interference from the rocks. Other rival right now, Tess coming back to him who's currently his bit is i can't be fired so i'm going to be a huge asshole to everybody because you can't fire me and the rock he he got he fucked with the rock and the rock is like oh hell no (laughs) not putting up with that either they those are two random ass dudes to pair up against the rock but okay Mm -hmm. and so yeah that is where the monday night raw is right now in 2001 all right Mm -hmm. wow and so, uh, if you would like to watch the December 24th, 2001 episode of Monday Night Raw as well, you can do so at PeacockTV.com, WWE's current streaming, U.S. streaming partner. Uh, for $4.99 a month with ads, $9.99 a month without ads, uh, you can get all of WWE's back library, including every episode of Monday Night Raw. Uh, if you're outside of the U.S., the WWE Network, which is $9.99 American, should still work. Or with a VPN, because fuck Peacock. Uh, VPN, it's occasionally work. Can't guarantee. Oh, well. Either way, fuck Peacock. Indeed. Uh, and so we'll be back in the back half to talk about the this episode of Raw. See you guys then. Sweet. And we are back. We have just finished the December 24th, 2001 episode of Monday Night Raw. All right. As is, as is our tradition... Uh, when we have guest stars on the show, we first and foremost got to throw it to our esteemed guests. What do you think, buddy? Art. Pure. High art 
in its purest form. Pure. Uh, so, so the reason, uh, because you know the the intelligent uh, media analysts that Austin and I are, we we like to have reasons for bringing guest stars on. As I told you, uh, when Austin told me that this was a story of two competing Christmas parties, I knew I had to get some leading party experts, some some people who really knew how to vibe with 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 people with women and with alcohol uh clearly so i i had to get one of my boys in here there there are no finer so i need your expert analysis what 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 was the vibe on these christmas parties uh what would what do you think of them was there was there a clear winner uh what did they do right what they do wrong give us the rundown here uh so they were two different, two different vibes, mm-hmm. you know, the Vince McMahon had that, you know, high class, everybody, uh, secretly hates each other. <laughs> uh, sure. you know, it, it's a company party, you know, you can't, um, if your company is run by, uh, an idiot, um, fair, valid, correct. Whereas Ric Flair's company, uh, Ric Flair's uh, Christmas party, that's, you know, the Christmas party, Mm. you know, with the boys in your, you know, uh, shed in the barn, Uh, you know, Mm. they had Mm -hmm. that, uh, the cheap beer where, you know, uh, everyone's (laughs) drinking essentially Bud Lights or Quarters or whatever, the cheap stuff, you Mm -hmm. know, but it's water. It's essentially water, whereas, you know, Vince McMahon had the high-class, you know, uh, you know, champagne bottles. He got the punch bowl. And punch bowl, yeah. Ball, yeah. So, you know, me personally, I prefer, you know, the backyard party kind mm. of vibe. Mm-hmm. You know, chilling with the boys. Oh, speaking to my yeah. very soul. Yeah, I, I agree, you know, as fun as, as May Young getting on the stripper <laughs> i think i gotta go with the rick flair party yeah no no i'm i'm, I'm here for it i'm here for it so so that, that so th- those that that's the that's the overview of the parties overall that plus um, plus i gotta say is tajiri was a much better santa claus he gave out gifts all bubba yeah. ray did was like have stacy keeper sit in his lap and he drank beers yeah seriously which like fair but mm-hmm. if you're gonna put on the red suit you gotta put in the work mm-hmm. you know yeah which which luckily was thematically represented uh later on in one of the very high art affairs that we had going on this episode that we'll mm-hmm. touch on oh yes that we'll touch oh, on yes. later oh man did this man this did this episode have some truly truly to your point robbie mm-hmm. so some high art uh i i cannot believe uh, the, the the genius that went into such concoctions as the eggnog match, and and the R- Rikshi squashing someone match, real yeah. real classy it's, stuff. Yeah, can can yeah. you tell this was an episode? Can can you tell this is an episode that aired on Christmas Eve? Yeah, yeah, and, you, can, you know, and. The eggnog match just, you know, uh, 
teenage boys, you know, teenage teenage, boys and Jerry Lawler, uh, a teenage boy (laughs) came up with that idea, you know? Yeah. Like, I mean, I mean, I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to save some of my deep analysis on that eggnog. Well, yeah, yeah. To, to Robbie's point off the bat, I, I, I do have to wonder out loud if this is one of those, like, you know how back during the, the days of the Disney Renaissance, the height of the Michael Eisner reign. Sure. Sure. He relied on his teenage son to figure out what was hip. <laughs> With the use. Hey, it worked for the Disney nightclub now, didn't well, it? I wonder, I wonder if Vince strolled into Shane's room one day and Shane is furiously trying to stuff a magazine under his <laughs> under his pillow, and Vince is like, I just I I I, I really I'm, I'm trying to come up with something really good for, for the women's match this for the, for the Christmas episode, but I just I can't. I, it's it's been killing me. I wanna really create something deep and meaningful and shane's just like uh i don't fucking know i have him roll around in eggnog as he's like slowly trying to like push his dad away (laughs) and vince is like that's brilliant i want to emphasize this whole conversation happened when shane mcmahon was 31 (laughs) (laughs) my point still stands yeah look if jerry lawler can still be a teenage boy at his in his fucking mid 40s or whatever here shane mcmahon can still be a teenage boy at 31 years old yeah (laughs) (laughs) which hey speaking of the eggnog match and jerry lawler as soon as it was announced it's like hmm i wonder what was literally the first thing they advertised on the show yeah this is a show this is a show that from the beginning had a world championship match schedule and yep. the first thing they advertised was we're doing the eggnog match. Was boobies in eggnog. <laughs> like, how how can we make mud wrestling Christmas <laughs> They They pulled it off with Thanksgiving with the gravy bowl. And sometimes they just do mud wrestling. But they got to do Christmas theme. Eggnog is the best we got. Derivative. Because we, because we can't get snow in here. Can you believe this pedestrian crap on my on my cerebral Monday Night Raw hmm. from the early 2000s? I mean, like, it's true. Is is there's nothing more high art than the Rock's Christmas book. Oh, oh, oh. that was the a masterpiece. Rock, the Rock promo cutting from the start. Something I kind of realize more than i have ever before this because this is the most consistently i've done it i love the way the rock holds the microphone over his, it he, he looks so like careful with it he looks so mm. cautious i i wrote in my notes it, it almost looks like he's holding it like an eyedropper like he's got it he's, he's got he's got some shit in his eye and he's got to just like squeeze it out that's kind of like there's a certain tenderness to the way he holds that mic just slightly angled above his face as if as if there's some something that's going to be secreted from it onto him below <laughs> nothing quite like it but yeah we we start the show with the rock cutting a promo he's in his miami uh f- football jersey because he played football at the university of miami rockies come home 
Yeah. He has. He even said that. And I knew he would say that because he also did that bit when he came back to WWE in 2011. So, like, I guaranteed he was going to be like, finally, The Rock has come home. Why does literally everything he say get a pop? It's insane. Because he has a bazillion catchphrases and the whole crowd knows yeah. all of them. He, so- he has a catchphrase for every muscle. <laughs> True. Yes. <laughs> He's assigned each one of these muscles. His 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 millions and millions. His Mm -hmm. biceps. That's why you know when he got bigger for all of his movies, he got more catchphrases. He's more catchphrases. That 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 makes sense. (laughs) It's 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 a wonderful life. Except instead of every time a bell rings, an angel gets his wings. Every time The Rock gets a new catchphrase, he grows a new muscle. Yeah, that, that all checks out to me. Yeah, Christmas theming. We're making it work, baby. Yep. The math but, checks out. Yeah, it does. <laughs> so The Rock, he's just kind of, he's he's now he, he promotes that he's going to have the match with Jericho and he's going to win just like the Miami Hurricanes are going to win the Rose Bowl against Nebraska. As you a, do. As a you great do. A great call out to 2002 college football. And I actually understood the reference he was making there. Mm-hmm. Of mm-hmm. course you did. They he, they do win that Rose Bowl. Unfortunately, next wondering. year in the 2003 Fiesta Bowl, they run into the Ohio State Buckeyes. And they're hey. not quite as successful. So. Hey, go Blue. Go Bucks. Go they... Bucks. Anywho. And um, yes, he's, he's getting started and he... um. He, he he pulls out a Christmas book called yeah. The Rock's Night Before Christmas, and I believe I actually I believe actually I, I I have I keep sometimes I will to, to give away how I work here I do keep a a um a um uh, recap of the show in front of me just in case I need to remember stuff and get forget and what do I have here but they have the full quote from the book. Oh. So let's go yes, ahead please, and because I, I need to break down its you know, poetic integrity as it goes mm-hmm. on. So yeah, uh, Rogue yeah. is studying uh, a Christmas Carol in your mm-hmm. high school lit class. Woke studying the rocks night before Christmas. Absolutely. Mm. So so it goes. Twas the night before Christmas, and all through the house, not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. The weather was warm, not a trace of snow, as The Rock got ready to whoop Chris Jericho. I have to say, it it was a strong start. I appreciate, I always appreciate when every now and again, a misemphasis on a syllable can spring a surprise rhyme at you. I appreciated that. That was a strong start. I wish there was more follow through on that, but we'll get to it. Jericho's claim to be the best The Rock finds quite brutal. But really, Chris Jericho is a man who has no strudel. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. It, it, it remains solid. Please continue. I am a living legend, Y2J would sing, as he trembled with fear heading into the people's ring. Now, now, now this is where I need to point out. Things start getting a, a little fucky with the meter here. I, I don't know how I feel about The Rock sacrificing the rhythm of this piece for the sake of his pop lines. I don't entirely I don't know. It's a metaphor. He's breaking the meter 
like he's going to break Chris Jericho. Mm. Mm. Amazing. Okay. Incredible. Okay. Okay. I can yeah. run with that. Mm. Yeah. Oh, oh, you know, pardon me. How could I ever question the master, the master of the meter, Dwayne The Rock Johnson? I, I'm terribly yeah, sorry. Like I said, Please forgive. It is high art. Mm. Mm. No, no. Sure. That's, mm. And faster, and faster, faster than Scrooge saw the ghost of Christmas past, the rock hit the ring and whooped Chris Jericho's ass. Slant rhyme, slant rhyme, I'll take it. It seemed real certain the title would switch as the rock made Chris Jericho his own punk ass bitch. Quality, quality. I will say- Love the rhyme. Was, yeah, the, that, that, was a, that was a good rhyme. Nice way to incorporate mm -hmm. the, the expletives here. Mm -hmm. And it flowed a little bit better with your recitation. So maybe, maybe the rock just got a little funky there. Yeah. And after the rock pin, Jericho one, two, three stood over his limp body in victory. The rock grabbed the mic and told everyone in sight, Merry Christmas to all. And then he gets, and then it gets cut any more analysis. Yeah, you would like to say. Yes. The Kurt angle comes out to interrupt this beautiful, he, this beautiful, which is, which is truly the, the, the biggest heel move he could pull for the night that built so much. My, mm -hmm. my heat for Kurt angle went from zero to like, 20 billion real quick from that. It's true. How so he you. comes he comes out and the crowd immediately starts chanting Angle sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. As you do. As and you then know. Angle he starts out by talking about Christmas and he talks about Santa Claus. <laughs> he says he sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. Santa Claus is a pervert. <laughs> Yeah, and then we uh, cut to a dude in a full Santa suit in the crowd who looks very offended. Yeah, how dare he? You can't go he after Santa Claus my like boy that. Santa like that on his day. No, mm -hmm. I I'm wearing his swag. I mean, we pull for the guy. Yeah, yeah. It's the uh, angle uh, again. The, the the heel heat. He's just he's he's ruining Christmas. He Real, is. he's fucking grinching it up in here. I don't appreciate how Angle stole the title. And he's not even singing the damn song. If he yeah. sung the song, I'd appreciate it. But no, we see but he, he, he half-assing it. He continues on that he he has the favor of someone even more powerful than Santa Claus, Vince McMahon. Yeah. <laughs> and yes. He mm -hmm. talk and he he tries to say what gift Vince has given him tonight, but everyone starts chanting asshole at him. <laughs> interrupts him. And he tries to interrupt back, and the rock cuts in and, and goes. You need wait. You need to sit there and let he, the people finish calling you an asshole. See, this is why he's the people's champion, <laughs> the voice of, of the, the voiceless. People. Yep, the voices that want to scream asshole at Kurt Angle. Yep. So they can. Also, this is at, at, at this point. I think. Uh, oh no no no! We we get what the what what the gift is, and then we get the line. Yeah. He after when the, when Angle finally gets to talk again, he explains that the gift is that he has been added to the world championship match in the in the main event. So now we added Kurt Angle to the mix, and it's now a triple threat match. And The Rock's chances of winning drastic <laughs> went down. I'm sorry. I will never, ever, ever be done with that meme. People must be mm -hmm. so tired of hearing it. I don't care. It's so good, and it always applies. But But yeah, so he reveals this. And JR, I think, on commentary, makes a comment about Ebenezer McMahon ruining Christmas for The Rock by doing this. And I, I, 
at this juncture, Austin, I must I must make a, a bit of a bit of a an impromptu request, uh, a Vince McMahon move, you will, of booking our own show in the middle of the show, and that I would like to formally introduce a segment that I've technically done quite a few times in the past, but I'd like to officially formalize it of help David go off on a crazy tangent of developing a weird new idea based on a random throwaway line in the show. So, oh dear. so with Ebenezer McMahon, this clearly is uh, a great place to start for a WWE adaptation of A Christmas Carol. <clears throat> Vince McMahon gets visited by three, technically four, ghosts and hopefully maybe learns to change his ways except probably not because it's vince mcmahon he doesn't ever seem to learn from his mistakes ever so so clearly vince mcmahon is our ebenezer scrooge easy uh i determined later on during a video package that i'm sure we'll briefly touch on that undertaker of course needs to be christmas the future oh okay yeah okay. undertaker needs to be christmas future okay i mean i mean i was isn't there also in some versions a character that's an undertaker a bit character that we kind of see mm -hmm. just to be like add to the creepy effect but he's not I actually mean, a substantial like role. i mean i feel like uh the undertaker could play both you know oh yeah well it, the one you gotta have the hood over yeah right? yeah so like yeah the unspeaking big mm -hmm. dark well yeah. actually though i feel like paul bearer should be should be the Oh, uh, Paul Bear should, yeah. should be the the, the Undertaker, that's, that's ironically, that's at that fair. point. Yeah, so, I, I know he's. I will say though, if he was, I know he's supposed to be unspeaking, but also, it would be hysterical if Ebenezer he does his bit of like, is this, uh, uh, is this uh, future that is to, to be or is only a power, whatever. I don't know. I don't know the quote. You this, know what I'm asking? Uh, it's, uh, is this is this the the are these the shadows of things that will be or things that mm -hmm. might be only? And and you could have had Paul Bearer go, oh, yes! <laughs> would have been hysterical. That would be great. So so we need a Christmas past and a Christmas present at the very least. And mm -hmm. I will say we can we can pull from any era we want. I will I will I will add that caveat because mm -hmm. Vince McMahon as Ebenezer Scrooge is fucking mm -hmm. evergreen. Uh, I feel. Uh, they made this joke in a show. I feel Taz should be Tiny Tim. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, I'm into it. Absolutely, and it's, and it's also perfect because the biggest thing about ECW, besides it being like a cult following, is yeah. also that Paul Heyman never made a goddamn cent in that thing. They constantly wrestlers constantly never got paid because they never made money. So it fits that Tiny Tim, oh, Taz no. is Tiny Tim because he's also broke. Oh no! <laughs> I I really like that. So so then, who is our who is our Christmas present? I feel like it has to be one of the like giant superstars. But I don't know if are we do are we pulling Rock? Are we pulling we pulling Savage? We pull in we 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 pull in Cena. We pull in I, we pull in Hogan. Who we got? I feel Hogan should be passed. You know, because he, he was like he's the classic, the classic, the, the classic. Christmas you know. that could, that, yeah, I could see that. And or or another. Let, classic let me wrestler. let me tell you I something, just, dude. Come remember the lights of long ago, brother. <laughs> brother, yeah, I I just uh all I know from that era is you know Hulk Hogan. So yes, yes. yeah, but that, that fits. 
you know, and Cena is the ghost of Christmas present. I think that. Could oh be. yeah, I can yeah, see, see that. Yeah. Big, big jolly, mm. big jolly motherfucker. Mm. Now all we need is the beleaguered. All we need is the, is the beleaguered middle management. <laughs> Jim Ross. J- Jim, Jim Ross. Jim Bob Ross is, is Bob Cratchit. Oh, oh that's yes. perfect. The shit that Vince McMahon made that man deal with. Absolutely. All right, boys. For, God, for God's sake, Vince, it's Christmas Eve. <laughs> Every idiot who comes around with Merry Christmas on his lips should be boiled with his own turkey and buried with a steak of holly through his heart. And anyone comes around with a, with a Merry Christmas on his lips can kiss <laughs> my ass. <laughs> I love it. We pitched it. Let's take it. Let, let's 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 take yeah, it to you, McMahon himself. All you're right, you're gonna work. This, you're gonna work. You're gonna work on Christmas on Christmas, Bob, or you're fire. Yes, it's so <laughs> it's so per. Wait, wait, one more, one more. Who's Jacob Marley? Jacob Marley. Who would be a good Jacob? I Marley? wait. I feel like I feel like it has to be Eric Bischoff. <laughs> but they weren't business partners, though. Well, no, but his company died real hard, and he can be there to warn Vince about how if he doesn't change his ways, the same will happen to the WWE. I, I kind of actually like Gorilla Monsoon in that part. I know that's a really reference. Okay, no, that, I can get on board with I that. I think that could fit with that. I can... <laughs> you, you may be a bit of undigested beef. Oh, come on now. Oh, come on now. <laughs> yeah, great. It's- Perfect. All right. This concludes the first official and holiday segment uh, of help David develop his bullshit ideas. Yes. yes hopefully you're hopefully bullshit everyone is still listening. Oh man. Oh hell yeah. I'm so happy. Mm-hmm. And so after this, we go to the first Vince McMahon Christmas party segment. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it looks lame. It looks yeah. fucking lame. It, it feels very sterile. It feels like yeah, lame. like I said, it feels like a you know company Christmas party. Yeah, it's very boring. Yeah, I will give them that. That was a nice, subtle little touch. Assuming it was, mm-hmm. assuming it was intentional. That I feel like the, the I feel like it was definitely intentional that Ric Flair's party was more fun than Vince's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm kind of here for the like solid like little subtle touches that emphasize that yeah mm-hmm. i'm 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 into yeah. it i think i think it's important to bring up that this is when vince brings in the reindeer yeah the strippers yeah the reindeer yes strippers. the reindeer that are strippers yes because that that and not, um, and not remotely reindeer no that and they that uh, put up any antlers or anything seriously yeah. they, didn't because at least, no, you know, they put no low. effort into the theming all right. Zero. Zero. At least Stacy Keebler put on a Santa Claus costume. Right. Yeah. yeah exactly. Exactly. Wait, Mrs. Spe- Claus, speaking, yeah. of, speaking of which, Bubba needs to chill the fuck out uh, right, yeah. <laughs> right now. I'm. I'm actually now kind of. Conv- I think I'm confused about the relationship between those two because, like, she Stacy Keebler right now is the Duchess of Dudleyville, so I assume she was like the girlfriend of the two of them but then she wasn't into the advances here so like now i'm not well, sure what no, she, she was she was she was kind of in oh well, well she, she stopped she, she, she stopped, stopped him right there and yeah 
So it's maybe like no, she's I'm not, not sure into it is. in public, you know. Oh, that's maybe fair. that's true. Maybe that's it. You're right. That's a public's a limit for her. Didn't think of that. Okay. <laughs> and then the next match, the first uh, first match of the show, Rikishi and Test. And as we kind of hinted at, as I in the beginning, all the matches in this show kind of suck <laughs> because yeah, they, it's they, a Christmas they... show. They don't care. All of the matches got a real yeah, case of the zoomies aside for the aside mm. for the main event. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's Rikishi, it's Rikishi versus Test, which is a wild pairing because Rikishi is just his whole character is ass and ass 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 yeah. ass, <laughs> ass 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 and and Test's whole character is uh, I don't know he yeah he's beefy <laughs> and he can't be fired so he's just wilding out right now yeah. yeah. And and his his name still looks like filler texts on the on the title <laughs> card. Yep, and they just never bothered to change it. Awkward. Yeah, seriously. And but r- really, what is the fixation on Rikishi's ass? We get we get a stronger cake shot on Rikishi than the cameramen do care to do for either of the women in the heretofore yet to happen eggnog match. Yo, yeah, man, you got also, you got to get you got to get all the cake when Rikishi's out there. Yeah. The thick cake. <laughs> also more, more than the strippers at Vince McMahon's party. Yeah. Too. Yeah. yeah. What I, what I mean, I I am glad that we're not going for the most hardcore version of objectifying our mm-hmm. our lady workers, but also why are we objectifying Rikishi? What did he ever do to deserve this kind of treatment? I don't even. I don't. I don't think it's really objectifying him. It's because well, okay, his, his no, stuff's played but, for laughs. But for the sake of the mm-hmm. the thing. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, amazingly, it doesn't end with ass in the way. Somehow, that I, I thought that's how this was going to go. Instead, what happens is is test. He is. He's. He's hitting Rikishi in the corner, and the ref is like, "Hey, stop that!" And Tess is like, "You know what? Fuck you!" And he like pushes back at Tim White, who's the referee, and Tim and he like asks Tim White to take a swing at him, and then Tim White does. Yeah, and then I, Tim White calls the DQ right before Tess kicks his ass. Yeah, I do. The refs in this uh, episode were Poor guys. very entertaining to watch the refs the refs can be the all the miscellaneous accountants in the in the christmas carol adaptation oh yeah that fits yeah Mm -hmm. yeah these poor refs this episode what did they do to make mcmahon mad yeah but either way dignified assless ending that is the show's christmas gift to Mm -hmm. me i think yeah and rikishi saves the referee from further beatings and then that's that yeah. yeah, and then we cut over to Rick's party, and yeah, woo, it looks woo, cool. Woo, 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 woo. He's, yeah. he's wooing. We got uh, Big Show. He like he as soon as Rick comes in, Big Show walks over and starts doing the Rick Flair strut with him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Rick Flair doing impressions. No, uh, no. Uh, Big, Big Show, Show does impressions. Yeah, he's gonna need yeah, the Hulk Hogan yeah. impression. Big Show. I, I, I got them confused. We kind of knew this from the lead up to Hogwild, but damn. Big Show unironically does a really good Hulk Hogan. Yeah, he does. I if uh, I close my eyes, I could I could be legitimately confused by that. I'm impressed. Yeah. This party also features uh, you got Edge, Kane, and Albert, 
hanging out in the corner and Albert and Edge are being like, come on, Kane, you got to get in the Christmas spirit. I <laughs> feel like, like this warrants yeah. Claire's comment from last year of calling him Candy Kane. Yeah, I see it. Because they put yeah. him in the Santa hat and they, it's, it's fun. They hang a little ornament bomb mm. off the front of his double or single bow, stick mm. couple bows on his cheeks. And the and the the best part is the way he plays it at first, you think he's gonna fucking like punch yeah, him. Yeah. yeah, he's but he kind of gets into it. Yeah. Which is again why Kane is my favorite. And <laughs> and I love the fact that we've now for two Christmas specials had Kane weirdly being in the holiday spirit in his own Kaney way. Yeah. And then and our Santa Claus in this party is Tajiri, who's the cruiserweight champion. Forgot about him earlier. Yes. And Mm -hmm. he also has a woman in his lap, but to be fair, it's his girlfriend, Tori Wilson. So, Yes, but he does get he does gift her lingerie in the middle look, of the party. Look, look, at least it's, it's consensual. At least it's consensual. It's true. I'll take it's true, the victories where I can get them. Mm-hmm. You should. No, but uh, but but yeah, he he seems like he's making for a great Santa, as Vance was saying earlier. I do like though how easily put off he 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 seems like he gets about oh, yeah. things going on around him. He's he's a little bit of a shy boy. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Soft boy, WWE actually saying soft boy rights. Damn, damn. damn. <laughs> there was once a time this show was for me, but that's mm-hmm. not as well known. Uh, let's see. Then Vince had another party. I think this is when they Taz gets the short jokes from Bubba. Yeah, from from Bubba, who is maybe three or four inches taller than him. Is this the one when when? May Young and no Moolah and May Young come in the next time. I think. Oh, okay. I'm trying to remember when that ha- when they come in. I don't know. I thought they were. But uh, then the next match is Billy Gunn and Chuck Palumbo. Billy and Chuck against the oh, AAA. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, headband. the acolyte yep. protection agency, the which, APA. Which, which I have to point out when when Billy Gunn and Chuck Palumbo exchange headbands. Oh yeah, they at the Vince party they exchange gifts. And, and they're both headbands for each other. And and they try to do this thing where they're like, what'd you give me? What'd you give me? They're both matching headbands. Except really only Billy Gunn says that. And Chuck Palumbo mm-hmm. kind of stumbles over his words. And it's, mm-hmm. it's I, I love the failed attempt at being in sync. Like, let's wear them to the match. Oh, yeah. No, that's yeah. what they did yeah. in sync. Let's, let's. And Billy Gunn's like, wear them to the match. And Chuck Palumbo's like. Eh. Yeah. Well, we only get one take. <laughs> You get one take for this. <laughs> we got one shot. Fuck it. We're doing it live. <laughs> yeah. So Billy and Chuck, uh, about them, we're not there yet in storyline, so it's probably cheating to bring this up. But what? they're most famous in storyline for being a gay couple. I'm going to be straight up with you. Wait, Wait I what? kind of made a joke I about them being romantic brothers. together. No, they're a gay couple. And they even have a gay wedding, and the and WWE teams up with Glad for this. Wait, until based until wait, you need to let me finish. Until it is all a big swerve, and at the wedding they're like, "Hold on, we're not actually gay. This is all a publicity stunt gone wrong, and we're not doing it." And then it ends with Eric Bischoff sending his goons to beat up. Uh, Billy and Chuck, and that's the end of the storyline. And Glad was very mad. 
Yeah. Understandable. Understandable. Walk him and walk and walk, walk, walk. Well, now we've got a new host for the show. Oh, why, yeah. why, of course, why did I actually think? Why Why did I get suckered into that? They were still doing gold dust up until the fucking early mid-2010. What? What? How? How did I get tricked? <gasps> okay. But yes, Billy and Chuck, they're not, uh, the storyline isn't that they're gay yet, but we're getting there. God. <laughs> they do win this. They do win this match, though. Oh God! Either way, yeah, their 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 match with the with the APA is fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't it got a whole lot win. to say about it, but it's yeah. got again real case the zoomies. Is this when Lawler has the line about the mistletoe belt buckle? Yeah, yeah, that is when that came in. Yeah, please mm-hmm. again. Yeah. I can't yeah. say this enough. This meme has been around since the inception of our show, and it will never die. Shut up, Lawler. Yep. Uh, to, for clarity's sake, he's talking about the, being at the Christmas parties, and that he's got a missile, t- and he's got a mistletoe around as a belt buckle. Workplace sexual harassment via mistletoe. Not the first time in this episode that gets brought no. up. No, yeah, not the last. Or not either. the yeah. Not or the no, not the last. Yeah, not the only time. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's a quick backstage bit. Rob Van Dam is kicking doors open. Yeah, he's looking for Jericho for some reason. Shockingly, he comes to Jericho's locker room and is like, hey, maybe he's in there. Yeah. He see, we here thought he was looking for the can of who hash that the Grinch stole from him, but alas. Yeah, somebody somebody took his stash, bro. He's looking looking for a fight instead. Yeah, but he instead also, he finds like, Lance. He, he uh he's uh when they find when he finally pulls up to uh um Jericho's. Jericho's dressing room, he's about to slam the door open, thinks, starts to knock, and then he's like, wait a minute, and then just slams the door open. He <laughs> <laughs> really went through a process there. Yeah. But, but yeah, he 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 meets he meets Lance Storm inside, and Lance Storm is basically like, Jericho ain't here. Can I take a message? By the way, fuck you, and so so that gets that gets uh, RVD real heated, and he challenges Lance Storm to a match that night. And I have to really highlight this moment too. We get a he he challenges Lance Storm to a match and storms out, and we get this zoom in on Lance Storm as Lance Storm kind of looks off to the middle distance and goes, "Yeah, sure." He's really, yeah, like, he's really going for the Oscar there. I don't know why we got why we focused so hard on that, why it was so fucking sinister, but mm-hmm. man, they really gave Lance Storm a moment here for a yeah. second. We get another bit in the Ric Flair party. I'm pretty sure this is when the big show did the impressions bit because I can't think of anything. No, else this was no because the, the impressions bit already happened. This is Big Show and someone else. It might have been Edge. We're fucking sitting on either side of Kane, also oh, wearing Kane, Kane masks. Oh, yeah. I forgot that happened there, too. It was so cute. I want a Kane mask for Christmas. Oh, man. Yeah. Then, then we get RVD and Lance Storm, their match. Again, real case of the Zoomies. Once yeah. More. I'd, I'd probably say it's my favorite of the Zoomies in the sense that it was really athletic because they are. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. But yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's like three minutes long. What do you want? Yeah, I know. There's not much to go yeah, in depth to here. Yeah. Then uh, the third Vince party segment, 
Um, this it's either this one or the last one when Howard Finkel, the former ring announcer for the WWE in the eighties, he brings in, he's got, he's got the most beautiful women with him. Yeah. It, and the, it the is the most yeah. beautiful women that money can buy. Yeah. Which this reveal which, gets even weirder when you think yeah. about the fact that he's implying that they're acting as hookers for the evening. Yeah. And Vince is like, Oh yeah. Then give them to me. And it is of course, May Young and the fabulous Moolah who, if you don't know, are women wrestlers from the 50s. They're like in their 70s and 80s at this point in time. Oh, damn. And so obviously now Vince is completely horrified mm -hmm. at what yeah. these two crazy ladies might actually do. But again, why are they hiring themselves out as escorts at Vince's Because they're Because they're wild, man. <laughs> they didn't they don't need the money they just did it for the hell of it yeah they did it for the hell of it this is also i believe no the next vince party is the maven thing i think yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i mm -hmm. think so and then uh, who boy here we are folks we are at the real main event of this show oh the eggnog match. the egg the eggnog match. match which uh, just again the fact that we have two blonde women with the proportions of stick figures stick figures with boobs pardon me rolling around in a tub full of eggnog that already is again to use your wonderful phrasing high art mm -hmm. but high art the, the dress who dressed as mrs claus as dressed as slutty mrs, mrs. claus as you do well but i don't even think slutty there's regular claus, mrs claus <laughs> But, but if, if we're talking high art, we really must discuss... One cannot have a conversation about high art without discussing the ever-respectable medium uh, of avant-garde, the, the genre of, of abstraction within high art. And there's truly fewer great abstractions to have in cases such as these as to pulling up to your eggnog match with an inflatable... <laughs> full of eggnog and realizing hmm, the inflatable pool there, if you didn't catch that yeah th there there have been absolutely zero rules or stipulations placed onto this match what are the rules well you see it's all a metaphor <laughs> for how life they don't tell you the rules You've got to fight your way through the eggnog <laughs> to win. <laughs> the best part about that, man, is you are you are accidentally aping a bit I sometimes do on this show, and you're doing about ten times better at it than I have In ever incredible. done. Just off the yeah. cuff. You don't listen to our show. You don't know. But this is a bit I sometimes yeah. do. And you, you crush this. Yeah. Um, See, you merely adopted the metaphor. I was born into it. Molded by it. Is Paula a metaphor? <laughs> well, your mom officially can't listen to this podcast now. Uh, I don't think she knows what a podcast is. That's scant. That's impressive. Even even Austin's and my mom <laughs> know what our, our our mothers know what podcasts are. Paula's yeah. an impressive woman. Incredible. 
I don't, I don't. I have a few thoughts about this here uh, egg oh, yeah. match. First of all, it was very funny watching the ref continue to get knocked over in the egg. <laughs> yeah. I did enjoy another, that instance of fuck the ref. Also, I've I've been I've been thinking on this, and I, I admit I'm not much of an eggnog drinker, but I see eggnog, I think about it, and I just I think I'm missing why you'd want to see two women wrestle around in it. Like it just kind of feels like something that would be more gross than titillating. Like I said earlier, I think it's more of they wanted to do a mud wrestling match, but make it Christmas themed. And eggnog is the closest thing they could think of. This is true. I, without getting too explicit, have an alternate hypothesis that they were trying to go for the effect of women being drenched in viscous, creamy, off-white liquid. They don't think, they don't think that hard about it. I don't know, dude. If we got... If we got Vince McMahon jacking off under his desk at the helm, at the suggestion of Shane, I I don't I don't I, I don't I don't I don't buy it because yeah uh, I, that's, that's, I mean if, you know if that's the way you were gonna do Fowler, then why was the gravy bowl match in brown gravy? Don't uh, you hard. know we don't want you know, we don't want to know we're not, we're we're, we don't want to know I, what I uh, wouldn't touch Vince that with thirty nine and a half foot. Oh. <laughs> this match was terrible. Yeah. Uh, once again, fuck the ref. And like, I, 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 I will. I'll make the comment here that I made after the match was done. There was a surprisingly tactful lack, relatively, of undress in this match. We yeah, yeah they still managed to mostly I, keep her out was expecting you know them to take off their uh mrs claus outfits first i was expecting that as well and i do have to you know this harkens back to another guest star we've had on this show thinking about that for more than two seconds once again uh, to speak to a point that that one elizabeth bergman made long ago i feel quite bad for the laundry department having to get these quite nice mrs claus suits they were very well met it looks very they, they high were, they top of the line they might have been tailored i could they they yeah. very well could have been tailored i i could pay several hundred dollars for those things and, and be happy with the product and i feel terribly bad for the laundry department having to look at those things mm-hmm. drenched in eggnog and be like how the fuck are we gonna get these expensive things cleaned up you only got a year to figure it out, don't they? Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. yeah, but I feel like I feel like waiting a year on that laundry would not mm, yield the best yeah. results. Also, eggnog isn't cheap. That no. was a they had a whole pool. they had a whole swimming pool of eggnog. That was a that's a few hundred dollars worth of eggnog. That is at least a few hundred dollars. I, that could yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised they, that way. They spent so much people. money for like three minutes. Yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, you can't fault Vince for production value most of the time. But, man, if if, if that doesn't make make you feel bad for just every fucking one else backstage, even more than, than usual when you don't think about it. Also, the pyrotechnics. Oh, Beautiful. Well, since, since we're talking about production value, pyrotechnics, peak, uh, you know... I will give the WWF that they 
they pioneered the art of indoor pyrotechnics in arena shows just free falling from the ceiling because some dude wants to look extra cool mm-hmm. when he walks out mm-hmm. to the yeah. to, to do some wrestling. It's true. Anyway, uh, Stacy Keebler wins. She pins Tori Wilson in the pool in the pool, and she wins. Yes. Got it. Uh, <laughs> then we we get Vince party number four. Uh, I just want to emphasize I haven't brought this up yet, but after we bring in the strippers in the first one, <laughs> every single establishing shot of this party. <laughs> It's from the perspective, so you can see the ass of the strip. No, you but, can't. The, you, the right, ass right. is right out, just out of frame. You see, like just partial ass, and and it's it, it's like upright corner of yeah. of the screen ass. They again, they got a far better cake shot on Rikishi than they did any single one of those fucking strippers. They got a mm. better. Well, actually, I'll save that for later i don't want to spoil our audience on the great bit that happens in a little bit with the story oh yeah but (laughs) (laughs) it occurs so vince the party fourth party scene i'm gonna i remember three things happening i admit some of this might have happened in the third one but we have test going up to terry runnels who is an announcer and a and wwe a female announcer to be clear and Mm, homie Pulls out the mistletoe, yeah, and, tra- and and says, and I quote, "I'm rock hard." Yeah, <laughs> that's his yeah. opener. Just he opens with that, and, and I get why like, because it's a segue to talking about the rock. Yeah, and put that also, more was like, uh, um, uh, no. speaking of the rock, no. yeah, yeah right. she brings that's up that the rock keeps kicking his ass, and he's like, nah. He just got, he's just getting lucky. Speaking of getting lucky. Christ. And at this and point, she's like, no. Yeah, he still got the mistletoe. And she, at this point, she's like, yeah, no, I'm out. Workplace sexual harassment via mistletoe number two. Yeah. Uh, and then we also, we also get roughly around this point, we get Stephanie McMahon coming in. Yeah. She, she tries to, to reconcile with Vince. As I pointed out, you can hear the slut chants over through from the arena thanks i love it and she gives this whole speech about how she just, she just wants to give her dad this gift and it's a money clip and it has his name on it and she wrote she had a monogram on one side of it just the things she all she really wanted to say but she just couldn't which i kept waiting for there to be a joke but they play yeah, I, dead fucking strip. Now nah, they and do. You were really on the mark with that telenovela I, comment. It's a mm. telenovela. That was that like it literally felt like we got plunged into a soap opera for about two minutes. Now, I'm gonna be at like when I started watching AEW, uh, the the little I had seen of you know wrestling was uh, the WWE. Uh, so I was. And, you know, saw a bunch of clips of Vince McMahon always showing up or doing something mm-hmm. stupid. And so I was expecting uh, the owner of AEW to show up a lot more. No, Tony Khan's, like, never on And screen. I I, never I don't think I've ever seen him. Nah, he appears once in a blue moon. Yeah. If that. Yeah, no, they, they don't take very different approaches. Mm-hmm. Shocker. But, yeah, we get plunged into a fucking... A fucking soap opera scene and the the clip 
probably says I love you or something. And Vince is yeah. just yeah, I assume, that's what I assumed it said. I, I was really, I was really I, yeah. hoping it would say "Go fuck yourself." I thought I was expecting it to say "Go fuck yourself" yeah. or something. Yeah, that yeah. But Vince, uh, Vince, Vince doesn't buy it at all, and I guess it's up to what us to assume. What are you up to? What are you up to? It's Christmas Eve. What are you up to? And he just like assumes this is all some ploy to destroy him again, and he throws the clip away, and he's like, "You gotta want you." In my Christmas party, so get the hell out! Yeah, and she walks away in tears. Yeah, she looks, she, and and he he fucking whips around to his party goers and basically barks at them. Have fun! And they back to right party. Yeah, yeah, and then with the which, which the I, I have to say, I have to say, dumb as that fucking soap opera bit was. I like the I like the touch of Vince's yeah. Yes, men being like, very, very Scrooge at his accountants. Yeah, it's, 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 it's. Uh, back at the party uh, at the punch bowl, uh, May Young is drinking way too much. So that's mm-hmm. that's going to come back later, I think. And yeah. then we had Maven, who uh, who won the WWE reality show Tough Enough, which was a reality show where you trained and you. And, and if you want, like, trained as a wrestler and you did promos and shit, whatever, what do you do stuff you do in a reality TV competition? And the winner got a WWE contract. It has been very good at picking winners to have major stars in WWE. And, of course, by that I mean no winner of the show has ever gone on to any notoriety. <laughs> Poor Maven. They tried. And he's just getting interviewed, and he makes a casual mention to the the supermarket fight between Booker T and Stone Cold, and he thought it was funny, and Booker T overheard, and he's like, tell me you did not just say that. And he is he picks a fight with Maven, he swears he's going to kick his ass later. Yeah, yep. So, again, I I probably beat this dead horse way too much, but just once again would like to point out two separate matches now falling into Vince's lap in the middle of his goddamn show. I guess in this case he's too busy hiring strippers for his Christmas party to, you know, to focus on booking his show properly. I, I kind of like. It. I think it's uh, it feels like you know um, if you ever played uh, you know the mortal the newer Mortal Kombat games, yeah, where there's a little cutscene <laughs> and then someone comes in and that starts you know the classic Mortal Kombat fight. I kind of like that, you know, storytelling. Mm. Oh, it's fun. Kinda, sure, sure. Um, it's fun. Yeah. I just like when you think about it for more than five seconds and you realize in kayfabe, Vince is the world's most incompetent wrestling promoter because like half, like half, been, half his matches aren't even prepared beforehand. He just kind of yeah, completely unplanned. And they just, he's just gotten so lucky for the past 40 years that shit just happens to fall on his lap week mm. after week. He yeah. does little to no work and just gets and just hopes and prays that week after week enough of his wrestlers fester in his toxic environment to the point of booking their own matches with. Yeah, him. I, I it's a fun trope, but also I enjoy lampshading it. I and it's yes, getting to a match that was pre-planned. We had Christian and the Hurricane yes. for, the, for the European title. And I, I do have to appreciate Vance's concern off the bat for Hurricane because Hurricane starts off the match in his cape. And oh, yeah. as, as the wise Edna, what mode once said, no capes. No capes. 
Mm-hmm. Thankfully, he got that off before anything. Yeah, he got that off pretty Hallelujah. quick. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. It's fun for what it is. Again, as we keep emphasizing here, they just kind of quickly get through all these matches. So, you yeah. know, there's not a lot to say about any of them. I do enjoy Hurricane. He's a lot of fun. And mm-hmm. I like the idea of a wrestler superhero. That yeah. Okay. So the third Ric Flair party. I have forgotten that I, I, I misremembered when Stone Cold showed up. I guess it was in the second party. Yeah. But because oh. but the second Vince, Stone Cold shows up and he's he got the beers and then he sits on Tajiri's lap and, <laughs> and reads yeah. him his Christmas list. And he's like, Tajiri he looks thing. like he's about to piss himself. <laughs> he does. Yeah, Sajiri is terrified of this situation. But he's like, okay, give me a can of beer. It's a beers. Want another shot at Booker T? More beer. I want a shot at the the Undisputed Championship. A Bloody Mary or something. I don't know. More beer. Beer rifle. rifle. And a new truck. Yeah, and the whole time, of course, as is his bit right now, is ev- between everything he says, everyone yells, what? What? Right. What? This this was the birth of the chant that ruined wrestling for 20 fucking years. The what <laughs> chant. The what chant. Hey, I don't know what you're talking about. I love the what chant. It's if great I, when it, it's great when Stone Cold's doing the bit. Hey, then, hey, fuck you. It's also great when R-Truth is doing the bit. I guess, but it has become the thing to do to just like be obnoxious at wrestling shows is whenever a heel's just doing a promo, you're like, what? In between every half sentence. <laughs> it does get kind of old. But uh, it's fine when Stone Cold's doing it because he's playing into the bit, obviously. The Stone yeah. Cold giveth and the Stone Cold taketh away. Yep. Anywho, at the third party, this is when Taz walks in to this yeah. Christian oh, yeah, Ric yeah. Flair party. Yep. And he starts talking about like, Hey, at the other party, they say they got the better Santa Claus. And Vince McMahon is saying he's got the best Santa Claus. He's bigger and stronger and tougher. And Stone Cold accuses Taz of trying to start shit. Which I guess he kind of was. he was. He was. Yeah. But eventually, we do work our way into uh, a match, a future match later with the Santa Clauses. Yep. Yes. Yeah, match the number Santa three that falls in Vince's lap. We yep. got the Santa match, and well, that's, honestly, technically that fell into Ric Flair's lap. He made that. Yeah, well, that one. Yeah. Either way. Yeah, and then after that, we get Booker T and Maven. You can just tell Maven's not important because he wrestles in sweatpants and tennis yes. shoes. Yeah, they're the announcers. They were really... insane. Like, man, he hasn't even ordered his equipment. That's he's not ready for prime time. Poor guy. <laughs> yeah. Also, I will pay. I will go back in time. And pay Lawler two thousand one money to stop saying sucka. Uh, that'd be that'd be great, wouldn't it? It's but really uncomfortable. I mean, I would. Not even, I mean, that's not the worst pay, thing he says in this match, is it? Pay Lawler actual dollars to stop doing a lot of things, but this one really struck out to mm-hmm. me. Of, of course, the match is a whole lot of whatever. It's mostly a squash match, to be honest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, most memorable thing about it is, of course. Jerry Lawler's very insightful dialogue into the Booker T family traditions. Oh, <laughs> oh God. When, don't worry. In case you ever thought to yourself, does, is Jerry Lawler only say sexist shit? To which I answer, <laughs> no, don't worry. No, he doesn't. Because he's, 
he talks about how uh, you know Booker T. He knows a lot about Christmas. His his family they sit around the fire and 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 they and they rap presents and that's where rap music comes from. <laughs> Don't let anyone tell you that Lawler's a one trick pony. <laughs> no. I'm gonna Roblox myself. I. I, I feel like Jerry Lawler was cooked up in a lab specifically to bother me. He 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 got like Powerpuff Girls created, except instead of sugar spice and everything nice, it was just the devil anti instead of leaning uh, leaning over element. the cauldron and spewing. Into it, in, like, instead of Element X or whatever, it's just, it's just anti-David juice. Yeah, <laughs> like ultimately, Jerry Lawler is the most late '90s, early 2000s. He was never a full-grown fetus. He before before his inception, he was a a pile of black goo. If he was, it feels like oh, if he wait. wasn't, if he wasn't working. In WWE, he would probably be an MTV jockey or something. <laughs> or far- he could have been on the Man Show. Oh god! Oh god! I I the worst part is as much as I despise Jerry Lawler, pro wrestling in the nineties and the, the the late nineties or the early or mid aughts is or, hell mid twenty tens or whatever is probably the best place for him to be for him to mm-hmm. be like contained anywhere else would have been. Just a zillion times worse. At least pro wrestling is good at simulating something outside of polite society. Oh, mm. I can only imagine if he were let loose into the world. Yeah. But but <laughs> yeah. Also, this match really th- this this episode in this match. I've seen examples of this before, but it really made me fully consciously notice just the two the two forms of Booker T. We have two versions of Booker T that are they are very distinct. The blo- blocked off wall between them, they don't mix. We got early Booker T, who's just fucking insane, <laughs> and, and then we have late career Booker T, who's about the most chill dude on the planet. And I don't know, I don't know if if sometime in the late two thousands he discovered Xanax or what. But I'm glad he finally found his inner. You know, maybe, yeah. maybe he he learned how to meditate. Maybe he just started, had a really frank, started listening to his doctor about his, high his blood, blood pressure. pressure. I was about to say. Yeah. <laughs> Either way, took <laughs> my notes. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yeah. Either way, I'm glad. I'm glad that he finally found the piece to mellow out a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> also, I just need to point out that for the rapping line, I just it, I just broke and had to put down "shut the ever loving fuck up." Lord. Yeah, it was it was. This rough. was also where I noticed the sign that said, "I'd rather be at Nitro." True, absolutely savage, incredible. I love the it. Sign. At these the signs were out of control as usual. Amazing. On point. I love it. It's so good. I there love was, it. Uh, at the uh, last AEW. Oh, there were a few there was ones. one that said, 
uh, Vince McMahon ruined more careers than Kobe. I ever saw that. Yep. Yeah, I was a real fan of the dude who brought Earthbound Sucks and he popped it up right <laughs> oh, at yeah. the end of the That's broadcast. AEW matches to, to bring like RPG hot takes. hot takes on them. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't it start with someone roasting Kingdom Hearts? Isn't that how it began? No, somebody said, somebody said, like, Persona 5 sucks was the first <laughs> one. And I think it was one of the games you love. It, but was, it was Persona 5, and I was like, hey, fuck this guy. And then, like, every <laughs> week now they've got some dude bringing video game signs just That's bring so your video game hot takes to dynamite we're getting off track as yeah, much as right. I love, no as much as i love being off no. track also shout out in this match toward the end some shenanigans go on and the ref for once knows how the fuck to split his attention between the shenanigans and what's actually going on in ring this is the first time I saw someone not fall for the don't keep Nightheart in a corner trap. Oh, that's the next. That was the Tajiri. Oh, that's the match. next one. Part. Oh, yeah, because oh, oh. that's when all the shenanigans happen. Is the next match is the Battle of the Santa Clauses. Oh, yeah. Bubba oh, Ray, yeah. Yep. Yep. Dudley versus Tajiri. This hmm. time, I'm glad they are. They, they, once again, fighting in their full regalia. The, oh, to, yeah. to much yes, less surprise on my part. Yeah, they fought in the Santa Claus outfits the entire time. I am slightly disappointed that they didn't lean more into being Santa in the match. They just were wrestling like their normal selves, just I mean, wearing yeah. Santa suits. Uh, Dudley uh, was, you know, he would do a move and then he'd say, ho, ho, ho. Yeah, Bubba, okay. Bubba did a lot of like, ho, ho, ho stuff. Yeah, but I wanted them to bounce their bellies off each other. I wanted them to, I wanted them to, to mm-hmm. have... I don't know. I wish they had gotten a little bit more into the character. Personally, it says the actor. But regardless, mm-hmm. fun yeah. concept either way. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, it, it, I, At the very least, I'm here for just vomiting Christmas all over me. Yeah. As, we, the, as we reach Holly Jolly. Ironically is how he won. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Because, okay, so the, the end of the match here is a whole lot of shit going down. Is that... Uh, Devon Dudley, Bubba's brother, is starting to interfere, and he's yep. at the top rope, and he's going to do a bit where, like, what they do is they like hold them down like that, and then he headbutts them in the taint. Let's I'm gonna be, that's what happens here, <laughs> and it's the what's up, uh, and <laughs> very nineties. Anyway, I feel like, I feel like the Dudley boys are just a slightly classier dollar store version of the Nasty Boys. Yes. <laughs> Um, anyway, so they're trying to interfere, and then Taz shows up to stop Devon Dudley and interfere with yeah. this. But first, the ref does run in between them to yeah. like stop them from like, no, no, you He's can't do this. Hold on. I, yeah. I was, I've never seen a ref actually do yeah, that. That's he a... was keeping his eyes on the in-ring action. Yeah, he uh, so Taz interferes and stops Devon, and in all the confusion, Tajiri, who normally spits the green mist <laughs> all over people, he had a special mist prepared today. He got the red mist. Oh, true, true. Yeah. Spits all over Bubba's face, and then kicks him in the head, and then he. A twenty years younger Malachi Black was taking mm-hmm. notes. Indeed. And so Tajiri gets the win. Tajiri Claus is the winner. Yeah, I'm. 
that they they treated the cruiserweight with respect yeah, on the new. Christmas episode. I kind of figured another... Bubba was gonna win, to be honest. Well, look, I would never be surprised if they shat on the the non-white cruiserweight just mm-hmm. for the meme. Yeah. And then <laughs> we 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 come back to the Vince McMahon party. And, and it's going great. Talk and about creating oh, moments man. in the <laughs> And at some point, I don't remember the context. Oh, yes, I do. Now I remember. Is that Kurt Angle comes in. And he is talking about how he's going to win. Don't be sad that Bub- Bubba Ray lost because he's going to win the title. He's going to strip the title away from The Rock. Mm-hmm. And Mae Young runs up his like. Did somebody say strip? So she hands off her comically large cigar to, I believe, Vince. I think Uh, is who she gives it to. Yeah, Yeah. Vince is just like, what the fuck? What? And so she hobbles on up to the strippers platform, and she just starts going. And everyone is just horrified and disgusted as she's taking her jacket off. She's implied to be open her shirt. Yeah. And, yeah, and only Pat Patterson is in, who's who's one of Vince's stooges and is in one of the elf costumes in this party. Is yep. like, yeah, May, you go, girl. <laughs> Everyone else is just like, oh god, my eyes. And then half the party leaves. Oh so, yeah, yeah, they're all out, which is important for later. <sighs> then yeah, we get the video package you alluded to well, earlier with the Undertaker. No, 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 no. You <laughs> can't, you can't skip over. No, no, you can't they, skip over how that bit some, ends. No, they show the. Uh... There's, that's two different bits. Oh yeah, yeah, is. no, it oh, is two. Okay. Yeah, they yeah, take package, a break, whatever. talk about um, the Undertaker and Jeff Hardy yeah. and mm-hmm. Matt Hardy. Yeah, they sum up that whole storyline that I mentioned in the front half of the Undertaker just being this big sadistic motherfucker. He. He, he destroys Jeff. He destroys Lita. And Matt's like, you know what? I'm going to fucking kill you. And, and on SmackDown, they have a match. And he tries. And the Undertaker kills him. Yep. Yep. Rip in peace. Yep. So it's like, a, who can stop this monster? The Undertaker. Who rides a motorcycle now. He rides a motorcycle. And then we get back to the <laughs> Vince party. And it's dead. Because the only people left at this point are the Stooges and Vince. And Vince yeah. is just like, please make this stop. <laughs> And he turns around, and the Christmas tree is a lot closer than it was earlier. Yeah, you see, um, you see, before, see the Christmas yeah, tree, like, yeah. like <laughs> Muppet walk up behind yeah. him, and I'm like, what the but fuck? While it's moving behind him, um, May Young, May Young, uh, starts taking off her pants too. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah I forgot she did this first. Second, strips down completely. Second fullest cake shot of the night I had. And, and <laughs> yeah, hey, yeah. hey, yeah. no shame. No shame, mate. Live your truth. If you yeah. want to strip at the in, in your in your 70s, 80s, fucking go for it. Yeah, we're proud of you. She I is just find it deeply both. funny she that is. this very horny show gave the two best cake shots to Rikishi and May Young. Yep. But she is in full frontal right now. Yes. And Vince is ready to die. And so he turns around, and it's like who moved that Christmas tree? What is that doing there? And then Tree puts us over. It's Stone Cold Stone Steve Cold. Austin. Yep. Yep. He showed up at this party to beat some asses. Take to beat some. Yeah, and 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 Pat Patterson's head ends up between May Young's legs. Yep, Look it up. Pat Patterson. Don't look up. 
Oh my god! I can't tell. Forces him under May Young's legs and then forces his head up so he's looking directly up. And I honestly can't tell if Pat's horrified or in heaven at this. Seems I would assume horrified because, as I mentioned when we were watching, is the open. It's an open secret that Pat Patterson is gay, and Jim Ross makes plenty of remarks to that. So I assume the. I assume you're supposed to think like he's absolutely. He's like die he's in like a coma right now well, that's true but he was the one <laughs> horrified for earlier so well, yeah because he supports may young but he yeah, doesn't want to see it. he don't want to see it i didn't sign up for this part i didn't sign up for that one too far oh no but, but yes yeah, the vince's party is officially ruined by stone cold based and epic thanks for the praxis mm, Stone yeah. Cold. we love you thanks guy <laughs> we get to our main event to get a little serious again Mm-hmm. Chris Jericho, The Rock, and Kurt Angle in a triple threat match for the Undisputed Championship. And it lasted more than three minutes. Credit where credit is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Game a real match. And yeah. I thought it was I thought it was pretty good. I quite I quite enjoyed it. Early on, of of course, fucking one of the first things from the mouths of the announcer table is the numbers game. Right. Uh, but but for real, of course, we get Jericho and Kurt Angle, unlikely alliance, teaming up to dick down the rock more before before we can get anywhere else in the match. They're like, we gotta take Rock out of commission. He's got mm-hmm. the home court advantage. Another thing announcement announcement mm-hmm. couldn't fucking stop yeah. saying during this match. Right. But they're they're, t- they're it's supposed to be a triple match. Triple match, not a handicap match. Yep. Yep. But it, it is effective. And as goofy as this trope always is, I do enjoy the mm-hmm. the the guy getting ganged up on hulking out and getting to overpower all of the people mm-hmm. get every mm-hmm. every time i'm for some reason i'm a huge sucker for that also forcing one to miss and run into the other oh, guy oh yeah, yeah. A classic yeah they, do, they do a lot of those bits pseudo mm-hmm. pseudo what's what's the term what's the term for that three stooges or no no the when you accidentally oh malfunction at the junction Malfu- a pseudo malfunction at the yeah. junction yeah, yeah. The, the we we do get a lot of really great moments of rock mm-hmm. of rock overpowering tricking them into conjunction at the junction or malfunction at the junction but i also do appreciate i've said this of other superstars uh headline superstars of the past too but rock rocks another one who falls into wwe main characters who credit where credit is due to to our super powerful main character dude knows how to sell mm-hmm. i love yeah. i love watching him struggle yeah. And I think I think it really does add a dimension of not only vulnerability but added strength of if they're able to struggle so visibly but still overcome. It's, yeah, it, yeah, it's yeah. Goofy and it's obvious, but it is it is fun to watch, and it does make those moments where he does, especially when he's getting overpowered by two guys at the same time where he manages to out with them or overpower them or whatever. It does make them feel particularly triumphant and rock out a lot of, got a lot of great moments out of that. He did. Uh, it eventually like the midway ish point of the match. It gets to the, the trope that you get to every single time we run a two on one in a triple threat situation. Mm-hmm. You know, Jericho has the rock has the rock in a position so he's trying to get him in the walls of Jericho. It's a submission move. Mm-hmm. And Angle stops him. 
And oh no, it's the other way around. No, Angle yeah, yeah, has no. the Angle. rock. I'm sorry, I I misthought that. Angle has the has the rock in the ankle lock, and he's and Jericho stops him, and, and Jericho's like, "Hey, what the fuck, man? What are you doing?" Yep. And because uh, natural, because again, this is a only one man can win this match. So right. the alliance inevitably breaks down, mm-hmm. and it becomes more of a one v one v one situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True. Then uh, the ref gets knocked out. Yeah, fuck again. Your ref once again, he does. And- I, I, a little bit of a malfunction at a junction, and the referee yeah, we're, is we're, down. We're, we're putting a lump of coal in all the poor yeah. stockings. Yeah. To, to and then, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Rush knocked out while uh, The Rock gets uh, Jericho in. Um, uh, He's got he had him in the walls of Jericho. Like, yeah, he, yeah. He had him Jericho in his own move. Jericho yeah. was tapping out. Oh, show dupe. The ref didn't left. see it. And then yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then the and the rock like notices that the ref's out and goes over and just kind of starts kicking the ref like, yeah. hey, hey, get up. like hey, wake up! Hey, hey I won. And then Kurt Angle runs and goes gets a chair, and he yep. tries to hit the rock with it, and he hits Jericho square in the face. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The rock hits his move, the rock bottom. Yep. Uh, and that again, the ref is down, can't do mm-hmm. shit uh at one point uh, if the finishing bit of this match i think is he he go the rock goes for the people's elbow mm-hmm. he does hit the people's he elbow. Hit, he hits yeah it. he hits the people's he elbow the mm-hmm. no he he can't get the pin i forget the sequence of events that lead to i think i think he almost think gets the, up and then angle the, runs up on him oh yeah that angle that happens before angle oh yeah I'll, oh and now i remember is what happens is that that happens and then angle walk grabs the rock and ddt's him into the chair Yep. And knocks mm-hmm. the rock out, and then Jericho just kind of crawls over on the yeah. rock and pins just put him. The like the, next he's got his up. arm on, and that's all you cuddling, got. Cuddling after, it's so yeah. yeah, cute little cuddling, whatever. And then the rock win, and the Jericho wins one, two, three. Of mm-hmm. course, and Jericho retains in Rock's hometown. Yeah, I was surprised I would... by that. You y'all watch too much AEW and AEW. They 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 make the hometown hero a real winner. Yeah, fucking this is WWE where you don't do that because if you considered how much booze you can get if you beat up the hometown guy in his hometown, David, have you considered the heat? No, you haven't. Vince Vince is like, I never want to know a day that's under forty degrees. <laughs> like like. We talk about the, the the Jim Ross kissing Vince's ass that happened in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, in front of the. It was in Jr.'s hometown. Is when Jesus he did the kiss my ass Christ. thing. Man, that's oh. why he did it in that moment. Is because well, it's Jr. in his hometown, so we're gonna definitely make him do this now. How does Vince not get riot crowds constantly coming for his throat? Because unfortunately, we also all know this is just a show. Yeah. <laughs> Thankfully, nobody's getting stabbed or anything. That's but, true. That's true. Yes, that is the show. The hometown boy never wins in WWE. The Jericho retains the title. Ha 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 ha. And oh, that man. is how we end our show. This was a hell of a it wild, a great ride. show. Great <laughs> show. <laughs> it was so goofy and stupid. But uh, I mean. 
at the end of the day, I'm a sucker for the season. Mm-hmm. Anything that's willing to drench me in holly jolly for a couple hours, yeah, shut the fuck up and take my money or my eyeballs yep. or whatever. I don't care. Uh, I'm 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 here for the Christmas trees, for the eggnog when the eggnog when, when, we, when, when we don't got two lady wrestlers <laughs> around in it and a poor beleaguered rat. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. here for the single bauble hanging off Kane's unitard. I'm, yep. I'm here for all of it. Dumb, but dumb fun because it's Christmas. Waka waka. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a show that like is probably effectively non-canon, or at least will probably not have any big effect in story yeah. going forward. A televised house show, yeah. essentially, more or less. It was but all you know what? a dream. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it was fun because it christmas theme there was a lot of fun christmas bits even if i had to sit through an eggnog match (laughs) all the other parts of that 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 was funny that was a great time overall got a thumbs up overall for me yeah no it was it was it was stupid fun i've kind of learned to accept what i'm getting into with this era and as long as it's Mm -hmm. no and as long as it's nothing egregious then i can have a good enough time with oh i can't wait for us yeah no 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 i'm not thinking about it. I'm not thinking about it. I refuse. I, I, nope, you can't make me. I still got another, like, fucking three or four weeks where I have to go there again. You can't make me. Mm-hmm. I guess. Well, Robbie, what'd you think? I loved it. I, mm-hmm. dumb, you know, goofy, fun. I love the cheese. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. right up my alley. This is my goodest wrestling love yeah. right here. I love the cheese. Um, yeah the the, yeah uh, yeah no i'm i'm so glad we got to we got to bring you on for this one i Mm -hmm. i feel i feel so proud of this call because this was really so well suited Mm -hmm. for you (laughs) oh hell yes Yes. well my friend thank you so much for joining us on the show thank you for having me oh it's it's an honor you you added a lot to the discourse over yeah in their own special way we've loved having you we're definitely gonna have have to have you back again oh, at some can't point because this is a, this is a great time and it's fun it's fun to have my boys right here in person with mm-hmm. me to do this too yeah so that is it for us this week mm-hmm. next time uh we will be taking a bit of a week break as we couldn't get our schedules lined up to do this during the week of christmas what a yeah. shock but in two weeks we'll be back and we'll be starting a new arc the start of the AEW Women's Title Eliminator Tournament arc. Yes! Our first tournament arc of our show, first AEW arc of our show, and we are definitely getting Elizabeth back for this because Hmm. there is one wrestler I need y'all all all to see. Oh, I am excited. It's going to be good shit. Mm Mm-hmm. But that is for next time. Until then, David, hit our plugs. Yes, sir. My friends, my dear, dear friends, thank you so much for once again joining us on another episode of the Noobs and Knockouts podcast. We hope you had a great, great time with us. If you're a returning listener, viewer, what have you, thank you so much for once again welcoming us back into your eardrums, your eyeballs, whatever you use to consume our content. We we hope you've had a great time and uh, thank you for joining us week after week, and we hope you continue to do so. If this is your first time joining us, well, welcome, 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 welcome. And this week, especially Merry Christmas, we are so excited to have you join us. We here at the Noobs and Knockouts podcast like to think that we cater both to noobs and knockouts alike. So whether you're brand new to the wrestling fandom or you are a veteran of, of the discourse, 
we we hope you've had a great time here you feel like you're welcome here and we hope you want to continue spending time with us if you would like to continue spending time with us and you're not entirely sure how to do so well not to worry my friends i have you covered first of all you can find us on youtube we are the noobs and knockouts podcast on youtube hit subscribe ring that bell make sure it turns a nice little solid color so you get notifications every single time we drop a new episode uh like comment add us to your playlist check out our playlist austin is kind enough to organize all of the arcs that we follow into their own separate playlist. So if there's a specific storyline, era, whatever you want to see us cover, follow all the way through without having to do a whole lot of skipping around. Well, bada bing, bada boom, you got nice little organization there. And hey, in our more recent episodes, you can see our beautiful, lovely faces up on screen as well. See all of our goofy movements and facial expressions and gesticulating and what have you. It's a great time. If you are a fan of the audio-only format, however, you can find us on three of the best places to find your podcasts, which would be Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts rate uh review whatever the fuck it is you do on those sites to tell us hey you guys are pretty cool hey algorithm these guys are pretty cool maybe more people hey i think a few more people should be listening to these guys i'm just i'm just saying you know just, just an idea if you would if you would be so kind spotify just introduced ratings so if you would be so kind as to give us a nice little five star as long as you think we we deserve it uh we it'd be greatly appreciated on our podcast uh, on on our parts. Find the Noobs and Knockouts podcast on Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. You can also get in more direct contact with us in a few different ways. First of all, we have our Twitter account. We got at Noobs and Knockspod. I'm pointing to it on YouTube right now. If you're looking at it, at Noobs the letter N Knockspod on Twitter. We post. We, we post every time we drop a new episode so you guys know what the hell's going on. We drop memes. We engage with the broader wrestling fandom discourse, all that good shit. And, of course, the highlight of our Twitter is the weekly live tweeting of wrestling. What is on the docket, my dear friend Austin, coming up? Yes. As usual, every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern is AEW Dynamite. Dynamite. It is currently airing on TNT. Come the new year, it'll be airing on TBS. Gonna go ahead and remind you all that. And every Wednesday night is the one weekly wrestling show I consistently watch live for now. I have a bit about this at the end. But we always live tweet that. In addition, usually we live tweet uh, WWE, AEW, and Impact Wrestling pay-per-views. So upcoming for that is WWE Day 1, named such because it is airing on January 1st, 2022. Uh, I would, I, I admit I'm not watching that one because college football, baby. Sorry. <laughs> Woo! Listen, the, Ohio state's going to be playing in the Rose bowl when this shit's happening. So, you know, yep. fuck off. Ain't uh, doing that. Mm-hmm. Anywho, uh, on Jan on January 8th, however, will be impact wrestling's hard to kill hard their, to next, kill. their next big pay-per-view. It's headlined by moose, the impact champion taking on Matt Cardona and, and W uh, Morrissey for the impact title. It's going to be a lot of beefy boys slapping meat on that one, as well as the knock a very first ever knockouts, ultimate X match. The flippy boy match is coming for the women. Now it's going to be nice. sweet. In addition, AEW's next pay-per-view isn't all the way till March 6th. Uh, it is revolution. revolution. Uh, so there's no matches for that yet, but as when there are, I'll let you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, in addition, one last thing, I'm not going to promise this yet, but something I'd like to keep in mind is right is just starting. If you're, if you're, are, if you are listening to our podcast, you probably know of the deadlock pro wrestling podcast. I'm not going to give them the full pitch because 
uh, this isn't their podcast, they're but show. they're a podcast that I'm a fan of and I think is really funny. And they made their own wrestling promotion, Deadlock Pro Wrestling. The first episode aired uh, Thursday, this past Thursday. I didn't see it live because I was seeing the new Spider-Man movie, to be honest. But it is something I would like to add to my live wrestling um, uh, schedule. And if I do watch it live, definitely going to tweet out about DPW going forward. But so keep an eye on that. Hell yeah. Be sure to check all that out. Uh, it's a great time. Austin's really Oh, yes. Insightful. I will say DPW oh. is on YouTube, by the way. Forgot to throw that out there. Nice. And then the other two, uh, Revolution and Impact, those are their pay-per-views are through traditional pay-per-view outlets as mm. well as uh, Fight TV for Impact and Bleacher Report for AEW. And, of course, the WWE Net, the uh, Peacock is where you can find WWE. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. So, mm. yeah, be sure to check all that out. It's a great time. Austin's really funny, really insightful. Uh, he's, I can speak with experience when I say he's a great person to spend your time watching wrestling with, even if it's in a digital only format. And Hey, sometimes I take over the reins too. And I like to think I drop some hot memes here and there. You know, we, we just like to engage with you guys as, as we watch. So be sure to check that out. Uh, keep, keep us company when we watch. It's a great time. Uh, you can also get in very direct contact with us via, via our email. Uh, that would be noobsandknockoutspod at gmail.com. That's noobs, the word and this time, knockoutspod at gmail.com. Come say hi to us there. Tell us how much you like the show, how much you don't like it, things you want to see more of, less of, whatever. Uh, arcs you want to see, special episodes, any other general wrestling media that interests you that you'd like to see us discuss, we'd be more than happy to hear you out. Maybe mm-hmm. putting it on the show, you know, it's, yeah. all you got to do is say something. Um, uh, or if, at the very least, just come tell us how sweet and lovely the dulcet tones that come from our vocal cords week after week are. We love to hear that as well. Whatever you want to do, whether it's it's praising us for our show or yelling at us for our bad hot takes or whatever, we just love talking to you guys. Uh, come say hi. We'd love to say hi back at noobsandknockoutspod at gmail.com. And finally, we are also on Patreon. We are also the Noobs and Knockouts podcast on Patreon. $1 a month gets you early access to episodes and a shout-out at the end of each episode. See y'all next time. Uh, one b- Before we go, one mm-hmm. last thing. Once again, thank you so much for joining us, Robbie. And to thank all you. of you celebrating yep. out there, whatever holiday you're enjoying this time of year, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whatever. Just have a good holiday season, folks. Love each other. Be good to each other. Peace on earth. Goodwill toward men and all that dang shit. Now we'll let you. Yawn. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>